Moses writes. And he says, now, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his children, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brethren and they hated him yet the more. Just want to I just want to talk from the, just from my heart, if you will, on the subject, another look at the brothers. I just, I want to take another look at the brothers. Is that all right? I'm going to, going to do something that I know I'm, I shouldn't do from, a, from, a, from an exegetical standpoint, from even a, from a hermeneutical approach. That's a real academic way of saying, I'm going to just do some mess I ain't got no business doing. I want to share this, assuming that we have read or seen or heard the story of Joseph. I'm doing this because uh, I'm realizing more and more how jacked up I am. I'm beginning to realize that the closer that I get to God, the further I truly am away from it. I'm finally beginning to, to figure out that as, as I clean up areas in my life, that the house of my life is not as clean as I thought it to be. And sometimes we, we will look at others and we will we'll take a messy approach. Sometimes we, we, instead of looking with clean eyes, we'll look at an individual from, uh, from our own brokenness and put our brokenness on them. And I just, I want to look at the at Joseph's brothers in a different way. Because I'm beginning to see that when I get honest and real, even with me, that I'm not as smooth as I thought I portrayed. When I look at Joseph, 
again, again in the reading, the Bible says, now Israel, who is really Jacob, the father of Joseph, it says that he loved Joseph. And as a result of his love, he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brothers saw what daddy did for Joseph, it bothered those brothers. But, but I looked a little bit, a little bit further and, and I backed up and I began to see some things that I hadn't seen before. And when I look back at verse number two, it says of Genesis 37, these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Joseph, Joseph was a snitch. And, and this snitch who told on his brothers, it bothered these brothers. Then in the next verse, the snitch got a coat. After he gets his coat, he has the nerve to stand there in his new regalia. <laughs> and just when you thought that Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. <laughs> Joseph stands in the midst of his brothers and he said, I have a dream. Joseph told his dream and it offended his brothers. And then in verses 5, 7, 9 through 11, he told another dream. In his first dream, he said that I was binding sheaves and your sheaves bowed down to my sheaves and my sheaves stood up straight. And then he turns around with another dream and says that I was dreaming of the sun and the moon and the 11 stars and everybody bowed down to me. And Joseph's daddy said, hold on. What's your problem, Joseph? Are you telling me that me, your brothers and your mother are going to bow down to you? Joseph says, yes. And the brothers who have been standing there gritting their teeth have finally had enough do you know that some folk can push you a little bit too far? <laughs> Sometimes people will. They'll push you too far. I know, I know some of us have said in our heart of hearts, when you, when you go to work on Monday morning, let them say, let them say one more. <laughs> Let 
Let them, let them, let them come out of pocket. I let them make it Friday. I wish I had some honest folk up in here. I put up with enough. Came in a break room talking that foolishness. You sat up there and lied to this. I didn't say nothing. Say something else. Joseph's brothers had had it up to here. And just when they said to themselves that I've had it up to here, Joseph turns around and starts telling dreams. You see, you were planning on being nice. And you rehearsed your conversation. And you said to yourself, well, when they come, all I'm going to do all I'm going to say is, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this, and you have all that stuff planned out. And you're expecting them to act like they have a little bit of sense. And when you get in there, that belligerent, recalcitrant, everything but a child of God had the nerve, the unmitigated gall, and the unmatched audacity. And it got on their nerves. Joseph standing there in his coat. It just, it got on their nerves. And you know what? You know what's deep? Is that, is that the brothers are looking at Joseph because they're agitated because Joseph has the coat. And they're bothered because daddy did something for Joseph that he didn't do for his own brothers. I'm raising twins. And I learned a while ago that, that as a parent, I'm going to make mistakes. But I've learned that, that if I do something for one, for God's sake, have enough sense to do the same thing for the other. Jacob gives Joseph a coat in front of his brothers and it's a little bit unfair and I've learned that sometimes you can get bothered by what folk do to you but at the same time you can get bothered by what's happened you can also get bothered by what didn't happen have you have you seen it happen for others but it didn't quite happen for you we get hurt by what happened, but we're also bothered by what didn't happen. I prayed that my granny would be healed, but it just didn't happen. My desire was for my marriage to work, but it just, it just didn't happen. I was worthy of the promotion for me, but it just, it just didn't happen. And somebody bothered by the things that didn't happen for you as well. Let me be, let me, let me be truthful. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are and how spiritual you claim yourself to be. Sometimes you can look at other folk and you see how undeserving they are. Yet they get blessed and you know they foul. But you just can't seem to catch a break. Sometimes it hurts, man. 
Can I be honest? You, 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 you may be just a little bit twisted, but they're crazy as a road lizard, but yet God still blesses them. Sometimes that does hurt. Joseph's brothers are hurt by what happened, but I think they also carry the pain of what didn't happen. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say in a nutshell is that I can understand Joseph's brothers, you know, a little bit. The brothers were tending sheep before Joseph. Before Joseph was even born, they were out there watching after the sheep, but Israel never gave them a coat. Reuben came along first. Reuben never got a coat. Simeon was there before Joseph was. Simeon didn't get a coat. Levi, Levi never even got a pair of earrings. Issachar didn't get no brand new shoes. Dan never got a new, a new pair of britches. Asher and Nephtali, they didn't get nothing new, and yet Joseph comes along after them, and Joseph gets a coat in front of these brothers. Dog, daddy, I mean, come on. You know, we've been here too. You, you, can't, you can't look out for me. I mean, what, what has Joseph done that's so much greater than, can you appreciate me every now and again, pops? And we, we know the story of what happened with Joseph. Joseph's, Joseph's brothers got, up, got so upset that what they did is they played a trick on their father. He sent, he sent Joseph out to go look after his brothers. Joseph's probably going to tell some more stuff. And when he tells Joseph to go out and look, Joseph goes out and he looks, those brothers see this dreamer coming along. And they say, I'm going to fix his little red wagon. They grab Joseph, throw him in the pit. Their plan is to kill him. Definitely, we got to take that coat up off of that rascal. So they take his coat. Joseph gets sold into slavery. Joseph stays with Potiphar. And, and you all know what happened is that Joseph eventually gets elevated after he leaves jail. And once he leaves, he's elevated to a high position. Joseph is there. Joseph, Joseph now has a position of power. And then as life goes, what happens is that, is that there's a famine that comes in the land. Now it's many, many years later, and these brothers, same brothers who sold Joseph into slavery, they're now getting hungry. So they gallop down into Egypt where Joseph is, and they got bags with them. Genesis chapter 42, verse number 35 shows that they had bags with them. We don't have time to really go there because uh, uh, we, we got a long way to go, short time to get there, but they had bags. The bags that they, that they had with them, it was to get food, but those bags also contained all of the trauma and the wretchedness of their very own past. And what's amazing, what's deep, is that their father believes that Joseph is dead because of the ones who are carrying the bags now. They don't know what happened to their baby brother, but they got these bags. Bags full of the injustices that they've issued to others. Bags with the crime and neglect of sin overlooked. But now they come into Egypt 
looking for favor. Let me pause for a moment and just be, just be transparent as well. Some of, the, some of the worst things that I've done in my life or some of the worst things that happened in my life weren't the things that other folk did to me. Some of it was some of the things that I did to others. Don't look at me crazy. There are, there are pains that I carry. And I think if you get honest, there's some pains that you carry. Because, because some folk did some stuff to you that they had no business doing. But can we be honest up in this piece? I think, I think some of us, if we get honest, you got pain that you've done to others as well. Fine. Go ahead and front. Go ahead and front. It's cool. It's cool. But these brothers come into Egypt with nerve. They come on favor. Yeah. Those brothers, same brothers, they had, they had power and they abused it. But now they come to Egypt looking for favor. They have, they have hurt the innocent, but now they come, they're looking for favor. Stifled the dream of the baby of the family, but they are looking for favor. Side note, Joseph didn't fall into the pit. They threw him into the pit. But they're coming into Egypt and they're looking for favor. They want favor, but when they had power, they exercised that power to step on the neck of someone else, but they come on favor. They need to be trying to make amends with those that they have hurt, but no, they come on favor. Any one of them, throughout the years, could have had compassion and honesty and told their father the truth, but they all co-signed on a lie that broke their father's heart. Remember the lie? Daddy, there was, there was an animal that caught hold of Joseph. So they took his coat, ripped it up into shreds, dipped it in animal blood, brought it back to their father. And when they brought it back to daddy, the Bible says that Jacob sat in ashes and sackcloth. He wept. He wept, he cried, and all of the family tried to comfort him. He said uh, that he could not be comforted. He said, I'll go to the grave over the loss of my son. He cried, and he was hurt. And those brothers, those brothers saw, they saw their father crying. They saw him in the ashes and sackcloth, and you know what they said? They said nothing. They watched their father's heart break and they said nothing. John Q said, I'm not going to bury my son. My son is going to bury me. And Jacob, Jacob cannot even bury his baby, his baby boy. Jacob's heart was broken. 
You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy that any one of them, they could have had compassion and honesty and sat down and talked to their daddy. How many dinners did they sit down to and not mention anything? How many family gatherings happened and Joseph's placemat is empty? How many times, I wonder, did Israel stand in the doorway of his tent? Tears, tears coming down his face. They go past and they watch their father. Daddy, what's wrong? And daddy says, I'm just thinking about my son. They see him, they see him weeping. It just seems like somebody should have had some compassion at some point and said, Daddy, I got something to tell you, but nobody said nothing. They let their father go through all of the pain and all of the hurt. See, see, it's, it's, I buried, I buried my baby brother. Every time I go to Omaha, Nebraska, I go to the cemetery. And when I go, I spend time just talking to my baby brother. I used, to, I used to have dreams about my brother. And I had dreams for years about my baby brother. And in all of my dreams, I never got an opportunity to talk to him. I would see him from a distance and I would run towards him. I would, I would, I would see him, see him just doing things in life. And I would try to reach out to him, but I never had the opportunity to talk to him. There were days, there were days when, when I would dream about him and I'd cry in my sleep. My wife would have to, have to shake me and say, you're crying. And and what would happen is that I never got to talk to him. And then, and then one day, one day I had a dream. And when I had that dream, we were face to face. And I was able to talk to my brother. He put his hand on my shoulder in my dream. And, and I got to look into his eyes and I told him how much I missed him. He told me. And I, it's, a, it's a dream, but he, he, he told me, he said, man, I've been watching you throughout these years. I said, Marcus, I never got an opportunity to introduce you to my sons and my daughters. And he says, that's all right, I've seen all of them. I've been watching you all along. Now I ain't telling you, you know, I'm not violating Luke 16, but I'm just giving you my dream. And so, so uh, 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 he said, I've been watching you. And he said, he said, I'm proud of you. And then he said, he said, I'm not going to come to you in your dreams anymore. And I said, why? He said, because you no longer need me. And do you know, I haven't dreamt about him since, and that was years ago. If I could if I could have but 10 minutes with my brother, the things that I would say. Israel, Jacob wanted to talk to his baby boy, but the brothers, the brothers never said a word.
they never eased their father's heart. They let daddy hurt all of those years. They watched their father's heart broken and they said nothing. His own children, his own children, let him wallow in hurt and pain and they just watched. Missed memories of his son drove him to tears on many occasions. And I'm sure Jacob stood in the doorway of his tent many days, looking at the horizon with tears in his eyes, not having even a grave sight to go and mourn his son. He couldn't even give his son a funeral. But these brothers come wanting a blessing. It never occurred to him that the one who has the power now to bless him is the one that they mistreated years ago. Can I go a little deep here? In Genesis chapter 50, at verse number 20. Oh, gosh. Let's go there and look at it. Genesis chapter 50, verse number 20. I ought to have an attitude because, you know, I know. But I ain't going to, I still love my brothers. I ain't going to fuss. I ain't going to fuss. I ain't going to fuss. But watch this. Watch this. This is now coming down to the end of Joseph's of the time. See, I've heard this text preached many a day. Matter of fact, I've preached this text and I've taught it many a day. But I see something a little bit differently here. You got it? Go ahead and read it. This is Joseph, uh, this is J uh, uh, Joseph talking right now to his brothers. Watch what he says. And as for you. He says, but as for you. You meant evil against me. You meant it for evil. But God meant it. But for God, good. you see that? Meant it for good. Yeah. Joseph's brothers, who have been hungry, who are needing food, Joseph has revealed himself to his brothers. They now come back. Daddy has come back with them. They are now having a discussion about what has happened years ago. Joseph says that you meant it for evil, but God. Meant it for good. Yes. I have read this text over and over and taught this text over and over in my life. Come on. But you know what I discovered? I discovered that I wouldn't be an honest and fair with that text. <laughs> you see, you see, there was. Whenever I heard it. I always identified myself with Joseph. <laughs> I always looked at myself as Joseph in that text. I always felt like Joseph was me. And what would happen is that when the preacher would get to this point in the message and he would say, you, uh, you meant it for evil, but God uh, meant it for good. You meant it for evil, but God. Touch your neighbor and say, but God. But God, ah, everybody would lose their mind, including me. <laughs> you see, this was get down time in the lesson if you was preaching this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a time when you could really take off on your runway. This was, this, was, this was get down time. And Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And there was a whole lot of folk just like me.
who will holler amen real, real loud when the preacher got to this verse. It was me and a whole lot of folk with polluted, victimized, woe is me, bitter, unrepentant, unclean, garbage thoughts, sorry, raggedy as a feline, bad theology. We would get to this verse and everybody would holler. But see, what I've discovered, Jamel, is that folk who are wrestling with secrets and funky dispositions and private dysfunctions, stuff that we don't want everybody to know about, we miss the beauty of the text because we're so busy throwing amen javelins at everybody across the room and we miss the beauty of what's happening. You see, it's easy. It's easy to look across the room and, and, and nudge, your, uh, nudge the person next to you. But God, you meant it for evil. But God, you look at the person across the, across the room that you don't really like and you holler amen real loud, you throwing javelins. That's just for you. You remember what you did to me? But God, but God, but God, we throwing dots at everybody in the audience, but that ain't your verse. You ain't Joseph. I know better grammar, but might not be good English, but it's good Bible. You ain't Joseph. You ain't Joseph. We'll go to we'll go to clean scripture with a polluted mind, and then we'll misapply it. Scripture that's meant to heal will be used to embed ourselves deeper and deeper into our own dysfunction. So a text that could actually convince ends up corrupting uh, uh, because of our view, because of what we brought into it. It's a victimized view of self and we will use scripture to enable horrible theology. We poison the pure water Mm. of theology by throwing a carcass of self-pity in the middle of the pool. Putting, putting sugar on chitlins doesn't turn them into candy. And here's what we miss. Here's what we miss when we try to identify with Joseph as the victim. I want you to see this. Here are Joseph's brothers who made plans to kill Joseph way back in the day. They were the ones on on top. They were the ones that had the juice. But as life goes on, they hit a rough spot and they come to Egypt needing favor, Uh needing food, needing grace. And Jesus, I mean Joseph, is now on the throne. Mm. The one on the throne has the power to give mercy. And there are men that are now standing in front of Jesus, I mean Joseph, needing from him something that they could not provide for themselves. And when Joseph reveals himself to his brothers, Jesus wept, I mean Joseph wept. They need food. And the one who has the bread of life was the same one that they had done wrong. And the one on the throne could rightly demand justice. But Jesus, I mean Joseph, Joseph 
Joseph lets them know that I forgive you because you didn't know what you were doing. The one who, who was the one who had been beaten, the one who was despised, and the one who was rejected. Jesus had his robe, I mean Joseph, had his coat. And it just, it just makes sense now because the truth of the matter is that I ain't Joseph and neither are you. Get real, get honest. You ain't Joseph. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. You a brother. Just a brother. Joseph says, and don't miss this, Joseph says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Can I share a secret? By the time, by the time Joseph gets to the point where he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Joseph had dropped his bitterness. Joseph had let it go. Joseph, Joseph, when he said that you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, Joseph was not gloating. Joseph, Joseph, he wasn't spraying the air freshener of revenge in the air. He wasn't rubbing their face in the snow of back then you didn't want me, now I'm hot, you all on me. What Joseph is doing is comforting the ones who snatched the prime years of his life. And instead of hating them, what he's saying is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Joseph is ministering to the one who deserved to be beaten and hung on the cross. And what Joseph is showing is that if you don't learn to drop it, you too will miss your opportunity you miss your opportunity to forgive. The story of Joseph wasn't about Joseph gloating at the end. Joseph actually feels for the ones who did him wrong. Let me drop this on you now and, and, and then we'll be done. Let's look at Genesis chapter 45 real quick. Jamel, this hit me. This hit me so hard. And what happens for me with this, I can't, <clears throat> I can't help but be emotional because I realize that I'm not Joseph. I identify with the brothers. You see, oh, please, please just be honest. Just be honest, roll with me on this, roll with me. The worst stuff that you did in your life the stuff 
the stuff, have you ever made a mistake and you wish to God that you could turn back the hands of time? Amen. I, thank, I thank God for, for both of you honest folk who can say amen. amen. Have you ever done something and you caused a hurt that you couldn't take back? And if you could turn back the hands of time, I want you to see, I want you to see the blessing. Oh. <laughs> it runs deep for me. And the reason why it runs so deep is because was left in place is just an honest if they can receive it is an honest I'm sorry I want you to see the blessing Genesis chapter 45 verse number one what does it say then Joseph not control himself before all those Joseph's brothers Joseph and his brothers are not they've come to Joseph and Joseph is getting ready to reveal himself to his brothers watch the beauty it says then Joseph could, could not, not refrain himself go ahead and read those who stood by him uh-huh and he cried oh Joseph he couldn't stop it Second in command in Egypt. Joseph could not help himself as he revealed himself to his brothers. It says that he cried. Go ahead. Have everyone go out from me. He sent everyone out. But there was no man with him. Nobody was with Joseph. Joseph made himself known he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loud. He wept. So he wept aloud. That the Egyptians heard it. He wept so loud that the Egyptians heard it. And the household of Pharaoh heard it. Everybody heard it. Everybody heard it. His brothers had the opportunity to say, I'm sorry. His brothers finally had an opportunity for redemption. His brothers had an opportunity to say, Joseph, I apologize. And instead of the brothers being the ones to cry, it was Joseph. You talk about emotions out of place. The brothers should have been the ones, but it was Joseph. Because Joseph, Joseph had finally hit a point in his life where he was able Joseph was able, he was able to let go. I wish, I wish that there was, that there were those that I could, that I could explain. The person that did that hurt that you carry with you, he no longer exists. 
the brothers had the opportunity. And having the opportunity. Having the opportunity. They finally had an opportunity to get it right. I don't know where you are. I don't know where you are in this text. But if the person is still alive, take advantage of your opportunity. You know what? Everybody's not going to forgive. They're not. Can I, can I be honest? Just because you come to them with your heart right does not mean that they're going to let it go. But you still, you still have an opportunity to get it right. And Joseph's brothers, before they had an opportunity to say, I'm sorry, Joseph wept for them because Joseph understood. You see, when you feel sorry for what you've done, you don't always need somebody telling you about how sorry you were and where you messed up. When you have enough Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit will kick your behind better than they can anyways. And instead of you, instead of you worrying about whether or not they're going to forgive and what they're going to say and this, that, and the other, give them an honest, give them an honest apology. I ain't talking about one of these. You see, you see, kids do this all the time. My boys, they be fighting one another and this, that, and the other. All right, now apologize. I'm sorry. They don't mean that. I'm saying give them an honest, an honest apology. And then once you've done that, make peace with the situation and let God have it. I don't know where you are in this message. I don't know if, I just, I don't know. I just know for me. I know for me. And, and I've made as many amends as I know to make. And if there's others, I, I, I'll do it too. Because I want to be able to see God's face in peace. Because at the end of the day, do you know how long heaven is? How long you're going to be in heaven? There is a place in the afterlife for everybody. There is a place in the afterlife for everybody. If you want to sing, there's a place for you. If you want to worship, there's a place for you. If you want to sing God's name for eternity upon eternity, there is a place for you. And if you don't, there's a place for you. <laughs> if you don't want to give him praise, there's a place. If you don't want to say, Lord, I love you, there's a place. I just want to be in one place, vice the other. that'll be able to say and sing are those that have named the name of Christ. It's not the ones who have walked through this life perfectly. It's the ones who have named his name. It's not the ones who have skated through this thing looking good. It's not the ones who have lived perfectly all of their lives. It's the ones who have named the name of Jesus Christ. Because I found out that Jesus makes the difference. And as long as I'm in Christ Jesus, I kind of think I'm all right. right. 
So, do you want to be in Christ Jesus? Jesus died for you, man. He died for you. He died to give you an opportunity to have eternal life. He says, he says, I love you so much, even though you're one of the brothers, I love you so much to forgive you before you even open up your mouth to ask for it. And guess what? Before you open up your eyes or before you allow a tear to fall, I will, I will cry for you. Just when you thought Tony Terry says, when a man cries, Joseph. <laughs> so if you need to be in Christ Jesus, this is, your, this is your opportunity to be baptized into Christ this morning. If somewhere in your life, you know that this fits you. You know that as a brother, you haven't gotten everything right, but you have an opportunity to get it right. Even if you can't get it right with somebody here, you can still get it right with God. So I don't know where you are in this message, but... If you need to respond to the invitation, this is your opportunity. Begging you, we're pleading with you to get it right. Not for my sake, but for your sake. Get it right, man. Come forward as together we stand, as together we sing. Just remember, the brothers have been revisited.